Hey everybody, welcome to the post-race inspection, episode 2. We're going to cover New Hampshire Motor Speedway and Silverstone Part 1, and thanks for listening. And welcome in everybody. So this week we're going to recap the NASCAR race in New Hampshire and Silverstone part one of the doubleheader for Formula One. And uh, so my overall grade, we'll just shoot it out there for the NASCAR race was a B. And that's pretty, that's pretty good for a Loudon race because usually they're not all that exciting up there i'll say they string out long green flag there's whole, not a whole lot of passing it's kind of a one groove racetrack um, i was really curious to see how the package plus the pj1 application would do this week and uh damn it was good like i'm not even gonna you can't really deny it it was a it was a good race and um i mean there's just uh there's not much more you could have asked the side-by-side racing between brad and denny um was was just great congrats to brad k taking it home taking the lobster home um so i mean uh so eric almarola kind of fired off pretty good there uh i believe he ended up winning stage one um actually sorry about that he did not win stage one um but he, he's almarola is a guy that's showing that he is consistently fast but he's not like race winning fast, and that's a little unfortunate. And uh, you know they don't pay you to come up and run fifth every week, so especially in that equipment. Um, but he's had a good year overall. Um, let's see here. But um, now going back to Almarola, he's been he's been solid, and um, you know I I think he just hasn't shown race winning pace and. I mean, he's been better than Boyer, and uh, at least you know to the to the common eye. But and that's uh, that's something they're really gonna have to to figure out if he's gonna be able to stay in the contract there. But uh, back to the race, you know, it was really it was a, the two car and the eleven car all day. They were both the fastest cars, and they raced each other pretty clean. And it was it was just awesome, man. I mean, you can't ask for better racing there. Um, Brad K taking the win home. Um, speaking of Brad Keselowski, he uh, signed a one-year contract extension with Penske, which is, uh, I guess, good news. A lot of people were really wondering he was kind of the main domino uh, to fall. You know, we had heard that there was a contract potentially in the works for a while, but there was just some some literature, some numbers that weren't completely agreed upon. I will say I am surprised it's a one-year contract. So now there's a couple scenarios here. So now is it is it a kind of a, a COVID type of thing where you know we don't know what the business aspect of everything is really going to end up being like, et cetera, et cetera. So let's let's reset everything next year when things are you know quote unquote back to normal if that ever happens. 
and then maybe you know the money will come then or we can we can uh kind of reset the contract is that what this is or if you ask me the the thing that i'm believing more of is that i think it's a bridge deal to something else not at penske um i don't think he wants to retire i don't think he has intentions of not racing um he is getting up there on the age side of things, but he's not that old. And uh, I I want to say that personally, I believe there is another opportunity out there that maybe just won't present itself until after next year. So that is my current theory. I, I want to say that there's, there's, there's going to be something that opens up next year. That's why he wanted a one-year bridge deal to whatever the next step for him is. And uh, I don't have any info as far as what that is yet. Um, yeah, I know he was talked about a lot for the 48 ride, but that that's obviously not happening now. Um, and um, so that's that's a bit of news this week. Um, actually, while, you know, while we're at it, let's look at drivers that are currently going to be in a contract year next year. Okay, yeah, so now that we're going to turn this into a little bit of a silly season type of conversation right now. So these are, let's see here. I believe this is a free agent list for next year, um, which I was kind of looking for the year after. But we'll, we'll, we'll just go with this for now. So first up, Corey LaJoy. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, I don't think LaJoy... Gets a big ride. I don't know where he goes, man. <laughs> I I think his best bet might be to re-sign with GoFast if that's in their cards as well. And um, finish out another year in the 32 car. Which I recently just found out. I had no idea. I mean, I know Cole Custer ran uh, a race or two for them or something like that. But I guess they have an alliance with SHR. It, I don't know the extent of the alliance, but it, it can't be much <laughs> with the, the difference in those two cars. So, um, oh, we know we know Bowman signed a one-year extension, so I must be looking at an older list here. So Bowman's an 88 next year, although there are some rumors that they might get rid of the 88 and go back to maybe the 5 or another number that they once owned. Um, kind of feels like he's in... He's in uh, Earnhardt Jr.'s shadows all the time. But, uh, yeah, as far as LaJoy goes, man, I, I don't know where he goes. Um, I don't really see him. Like, I mean, there's not many seats open that I would see him getting an opportunity over somebody that's out of a ride. Um, let's see here. Oh, big news this week. How could I forget? Eric Jones is out at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, they did not renew his contract and all signs point to Christopher Bell going into the 20 next year. And I think a big reason why all this happened, um, I think they would have liked to extend Jones another year, but I think the big reasoning behind all of this is the fact that in another big news show, Levine Family Racing sold. And I was kind of excited about this at first. I mean, not necessarily. It would have been great to have them continue their relationship with JGR, um, be a 
be a race winnable team if not contending for wins. Um, they were they were legitimately on the same exact path as Furniture Row, and that's like that's crazy to think about. How bad is the business model in this sport where you got a team that wins a championship and they're gone a year later, and you got a team that's made the right moves, started from a back marker, worked its way up to midfield. Now they're a top ten team and they could potentially contend for a championship, made the right partnerships, the alliances, and boom, sold, can't do it anymore. The money's not there. Isn't that just crazy? It's depressing because, you know, I was thinking about who, who who's going to buy the team. And, I mean, obviously, by the time we found out that the team was sold, we knew who the buyer was. And if anybody doesn't know, it's Spire Motorsports. The same... I guess you would call them a race team that owns the 77 car that you probably don't notice every single week. Um, they bought the charter from Furniture Row when they went from a two-car team to a one-car team. But yeah, so Spire Motorsports, which if anybody doesn't know what they are, they're a marketing agency. Basically, they represent drivers and sponsors and marketing, and, and they have relationships with all these people. And like Spire, who has their own race team now, also manages several drivers in the garage area. And so they bought the race team. And that sucks, if you ask me, because I just don't. They're not buying the cars. They don't get the JGR equipment from this year or anything like that. They're getting the stuff they ran last year, most likely, and just the equipment in the facility, I suppose. So. If you ask me, they were so unimpressive with their first uh, stint as a cup owner slash team that I'm just not enthused that we're going to lose a car that is competitive, um, which which really sucks. So, damn, yeah, this list must be, like, really old because it has Ryan Blaney on here, but they Penske literally signed him to a big extension. I don't think they put numbers out on that. Um, as far as how many years, and, well, yeah, Larson's on here, too. I think every single team would like to have a Kyle Larson. However, can anybody afford to take the risk of having Kyle Larson and all the negative PR that comes with that? And, uh, you know, that's a discussion for a different time, but... You know, I I think if you're looking at talent as far as who's available, he's he's got the most of it. And if you want a guy that's going to win you a race, he's the best shot of it. I just don't... Um, that's just going to be really tough to make a to make that work with anybody. I mean, if there's any shot at that going on, it's going to be with SHR, which we've all heard the rumors of Larson and Stuart Haas. Um They've been pretty air-sealed tight as far as any of those conversations go or anything like that. And that's, that's crazy to me, the run that he's been on in dirt. It's been unbelievable. Best run of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not a big dirt guy, so, if, you know, you're a... I should probably retract that statement a little bit. It may not be the best ever, but it's personally the best that I've ever seen, the run that he's been on on the damn dirt tracks. And... You know, if you're a if you're a big dirt track person, please educate me. Get me some some. You know, if uh, Steve Kinzer or Swindell had had something similar back in the day, please let me know. I'm not trying to toot anybody's horn or 
disrespect anybody. I just it, personally in my time of like following anything relative to that, it's been absolutely crazy the run that he's been on. These the 30 30 something races. I, this was a while ago. It was like 30 37 races or some shit like that and his average finish his average finish was 1.9. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. In 30-some-odd races, 1.9 average finish. Fucking crazy. But, all right, now that we've gone down kind of the free agency train here a little bit, I'd like to <laughs> like to revert back a little bit. Um, and then I'd actually like to do a full... Uh, an episode on this we can get down anybody who's a free agent who's available the year after what cars is there any teams coming into the sport which nope i mean we've heard about the money team and floyd mayweather whatever the hell kind of joke that is going on they were supposedly starting a race team but who the hell knows about that i mean we they created a twitter account that's about the only thing they've ever done um Right, so now we'll dive into the Silverstone Part 1. Um, you know, they have a doubleheader. Hello, Formula 1's doubleheaders are just the same racetrack two weekends in a row, not in the same weekend. Um, so I'm going to give this race... I guess I'll give it a C plus. I think I'm being pretty generous there. The race, for the most part, kind of sucked. Um, the ending was phenomenal i mean it was wild one of the best endings i've seen in a while and um so for anybody that you know anybody that missed it um basically as per usual every single week mercedes amg ran away with it nobody could contend with them i think uh coming down towards the end there verstappen was like shit like eight nine seconds back give or take and then he pitted, which lost him the race. He pitted because the, the, the tire wear was pretty pretty uh, prevalent, I would say. It was, it, was, it was excessive, the wear they were seeing. So they pitted him because they had nothing to lose. They were going to go for a fast lap, which for anybody that's new to Formula 1, essentially whoever runs the fastest lap of the race gets a bonus point. And you're always going to get that towards the end because they can't fuel the cars. So they start them full and there by the time the race ends, you know, they're essentially empty on fuel. So it's a lot of weight gone. Um, so the cars are lighter. But anyways, he pits and takes himself out of contention, which if you ask anybody, you know, it, it, it ended up costing him the race. But they never had a shot when they pitted anyways or before they pitted because you never were going to know what, what happened there at the end. So Verstappen pits to get a fastest lap, get on a new set of, uh, I don't know if it was medium tires or what. Um, I know they have a softer compound this weekend, and that's going to be more interesting as far as the tire wear goes, But because uh, it was so excessive on the harder compounds last week. But anyways, Verstappen pits to get the fastest lap. Botas, Valtteri Botas, blows a tire, they're essentially yeah, I mean, blows a tire, but, you know, it just wore it out too much, and the degradation of it just, you know, blew the tire. So he blows a tire in P2, and then on the last lap, Lewis Hamilton also blows a tire. And Hamilton was able to nurse it around for the victory, but, man, it was it was tight. Like, if you, 
if that would have happened maybe five to ten seconds before it did, like Verstappen probably would have won that race. And that was cool as hell. Like, cause just that rarely happens where the end of a Formula One race gets exciting, I'll say, because you never really you know, you don't get too many safety cars. And even if you do get a safety car, like the restarts really aren't that crazy. They're not double wide. They're everyone, they kind of wind their way up. And, and it's, it's nothing even close to NASCAR as far as having cars bunched up like that. They really, I mean, yeah, bunches are filled up, but it's not like there's a whole ton of side-by-side action or anything along those lines. So it's pretty rare to even get the safety cars anyways. Um, but to have like the end of the race happen that we had two cars dominate all day they both blow tires at the very end and then you got a guy that i think verstappen ended up like like seven seconds back or something like that but he was flying on that last lap to get to him and it was close like you could see him like you could see the gap just like just coming down coming down because hamilton's nursing the blown tire home and uh it made it real exciting but that doesn't excuse for the fact that the race itself sucked because there's there's two cars that are way more dominant than anybody else in the field, and I cannot wait for this new era car to come out and put a friggin' spending cap on these assholes because it's, it's just ridiculous. How the FIA let this sport get to this point is despicable. Like, really, it, it pisses me off. How many teams left because they couldn't afford to even run in the top 10? How many teams will, would never even think about coming in? And it's just, it, it it's crazy how much money these people have. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, everybody knows it's just a, whose pockets are deeper, who's, who wants to piss away the most money. It's a spending friggin' spree. Every, every week, it's a spending spree. Oh, my God. And this year alone, there's been so many... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, there's been a ton of, uh, I don't want to say complaints, but it's, uh, what the hell do they call it? When, when, when the teams are, oh, protest. There's been a lot of protests, yeah, where teams are protesting cars that have new parts on them that may not be regulation and this and that. It's like, just stop the whole madness. Stop the whole damn thing. Like, it's unbelievable. The amount of leeway these guys have with every piece and part of that car is ridiculous. You can you can custom make any piece of that car. Like you go to NASCAR, like you can't you can't make spoilers. You can't make this. You can't make that. Like everything is is laser edge design. Like Formula One, it's like yeah, you got to meet these uh, specific requirements. But other than that, fucking have at it. Go go fucking have NASA build you shit. Go have SpaceX make you some of this and. And it's just like, it's like, go build a carbon fiber factory and just start pissing away money at parts. And it's just unbelievable. Every floor is different. Every front wing's different. Every rear wing's different. The the sideboards are different. The side pods are different. The Everything is, everybody's got a different engine manufacturer. They all manufacture their own engines. Everybody's got new brake designs. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. And there's always a better way to do it. And it's just like, it's created such a, Nobody, I mean, I, I, I don't even think, obviously you can see it now, like Ferrari can't hang on Mercedes. They, they literally, like, this was like Ferrari's sport for the longest time. It was Ferrari's place. That was the creme de la creme, the team you dreamed of driving for, the red Marlboro car, whatever it was back in the day. You dreamed of that car. And then 
Mercedes came in after McLaren, and that was like, see ya, boys. Fucking our sport now. Pack your shit up and get to the back. And it's like, it's been literally, they have stepped on the throat and never let off since they got in there. And they just, hey, you know what? We won by a second and a half last week. What the hell is going on with you guys? We need to win by 10 seconds. Like, that's how Mercedes-Benz thinks. And it's like, man, they, they, they just got to do something. They let the sport get so far out of control. And it sucks because it's so cool. The cornering speeds, the G-forces, the strategy, the tire allocations, the, the tracks, the everything about that sport, the drivers from every aspect of the world is so cool. But, by Jesus, I mean, like, Literally, turn the TV on every single week. And it's like, well, there's a 75% chance Lewis Hamilton is going to win every single race this year. And the only reason he doesn't win is if there's maybe one track that Red Bull's chassis can keep up to them on and they don't lose him in the engine department. Or Botas wins because he gets away on the start or there's a strategy ploy or... God forbid they ever wrecked, like, which never happens. So it's just like every single week is so predictable. It's unbelievable because they're by far and away the best equipment in the field, best cars, hands down. But So I give the race a C+. Sorry about ranting about the FIA and Formula 1, but they got to make some changes big time because it's getting unwatchable. Seriously, it's getting unwatchable. But another news... One thing that I was excited about during that race, and it sucks that we didn't get to see, was the return of Nico Hulkenberg. And that being that, so anybody doesn't know, uh, kind of a, a weird thing. So Sergio Perez drives for uh, Racing Point. I, I want to call him Force Indian, but <laughs> Racing Point, uh, Formula One team, um, tested positive for COVID. So he was not able to go to the track um, and race at Silverstone. So they called in Hulkenberg for a replacement, and he was fast in practice. I mean, they were they were top threes and in, in speeds at times. And, uh, I mean, that team is essentially last year's Mercedes-Benz team. They bought all the cars and everything from them for last year. So that's, that's why they're as fast as they are. But nonetheless, um, so Hulkenberg comes back and never got to run. Never got to race. They uh, they had a they had an issue, I guess, before the race. And um, let me see here. Yeah, they had an issue before the race, and they were never able to get it out of the garage beforehand. And that sucks because I was really looking forward to seeing him in a car that fast or that has shown that potential of speed. Um, and really, in a while, I mean, the the Renault stuff was pretty good, but. Um, but good news is he'll be back this upcoming race in Silverstone as well because Perez can't come back for I think it's I think the minimum I don't I mean I know it's two negative tests but I I think it's like you have to minimally take a ten day leave type of thing so they won't even let him come back if it's been less than ten days which obviously it'll be a week so but but overall. I guess I can't really complain too much. I'm just I feel fortunate that there's things on to watch, um, and there's racing going on with a lot more important shit going on in the world right now. Um, yeah, so not a whole ton this week. Um, like 
you know, there was no truck, no Xfinity, nothing else to dive into. I'd like to get a little more into the free agency on our next uh, episode, and we're going to cover the uh, the Michigan doubleheader NASCAR race along with the truck and Xfinity, um, and then we got Silverstone Part 2 Formula 1. Unfortunate, was really looking forward to IndyCar this week up in mid-Ohio. They had a doubleheader in mid-Ohio, and that got... Uh, didn't get canceled. It got postponed um, due to the uptick in uh, COVID-19 cases up in Ohio. I saw that they're looking to reschedule that race for the September-October uh, time frame. There was nothing really solid. It just seemed like, give or take, around the, that month span, they oh, excuse me, uh, wanted to do that. So... That's all I have for you this week, guys. Thanks for listening.